Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Enlightened by Aoife. Very, very excited one. We're in a studio here with the lovely Sharon. I'm so excited. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I can do that. So I'm Sharon Redmond. I am a personal development and leadership coach specializing in supporting people navigating change. So taking the stress and overwhelm out of change that's enforced on us or that we choose for ourselves. Okay, yeah, well, um, <laughs> hi, <laughs> I'm Aoife, I'm navigating a hell of a lot of yes. change right now. No. Life is lifing, Aoife. Yeah, in fairness, uh, you're the voice notes you get from me. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> I know, but you've been such a huge support for me, and like, I can't wait that like we can kind of share some of your wisdom and your your just power with, with our listeners. Um, I'm sure you have so much to offer. Um, but how did you get into that leadership and, wow. and co- uh, like personal development coaching? So I think I've always kind of been in that space where yeah. people have always come to me for guidance. And when I did come out of my, um, so I burned out of a corporate career in 2018. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a lot of people that I yeah. meet now, you know, when I say that, they're like, yes, same, same, Hustle same, same. Hustle culture, Doesn't terrible. Doesn't matter about your health or your mental health yeah. as long as you get the job done. Yeah, so I burnt out and then I took some time out to reflect on what would I like to do because I've been in not a diff- lot of different careers. On my last career, I went into that environment to complete a 10-month contract and eight and a half years later, I burnt out. So mm. I set about kind of doing a bit of research, which I now tell my clients to do, advise people to do. You know, ask people, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? When are you in, when you're in the flow, what is that? The difficult questions. Like, I, I know that I actually got help to getting all of those things. I, was, I actually did the IPS course, Individual Placement Support, and I reached out and I was like, I don't know. Like, what, yeah. like, what, like, they were like, what, what gives you joy? I was like, helping people. Yeah. And uh, like, but like, what's that look like? And I'm like, how yeah. many people mental health? I don't know. Like, uh, but I didn't have the qualifications. It was like just a whole lot of trauma and a load of lot, load a load of therapy. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. I was the same. Like I stood on, I sat on the therapist's couch, crying week in, week out. Went, cried, went home. Was like, what's this? Went back, cried again. Pretty strong of you. Yeah, just I was like, and then eventually I was like, okay, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's working but I'm not making any progress. Well, talk therapy isn't for everyone. Like, th- I think this is a, a huge misconception is so many people go into therapy being like, oh yeah, the first therapist I'm going to meet is going to magically fix me. I, I actually went through three therapists before I found Pieta House. Mm. And, and I genuinely was getting worse and worse and worse by trying to force a connection that wasn't there. So that is something that's really powerful. And like, if you were in therapy and you were, mm. you were thinking that, oh, right, I'm letting out all of this emotion, but you're not moving past it after a certain period of yeah. time. Like the fact that you recognize that you needed to mm. change was, was amazing because yeah. I didn't initially. Well, I think um, I had an amazing therapist. Like she was absolutely incredible. And we're still in touch now. She's a beautiful human. Um, but I realized myself that I wasn't making progress because I was afraid and okay. I remember her saying to me, you know, what are you afraid of, Sharon? And I was like, I'm afraid everything's going to fall apart. And it did. Yeah, but that's, yeah. But holding on to it and trying to avoid the falling apart was worse. So I think that set me up. I really believe in talk therapy. Yeah. Um, it was very powerful for me. And then I came to the realization, I was like, I need something to move forward. Yeah. So that's where coaching um, helps you to move forward yeah. and it holds space for you in a very different way um, because, you know, therapy often you're looking at 
present, but where that comes from in the past. And with coaching, you're looking at the present and how to bring that into your future. So I think for me, that was very, very powerful. And two people, um, one of my very good friends who is a coach, a career coach, who's so different to me that I'd never considered coaching as a career, suggested that I go along to an open evening. And as soon as I went, I was like, this is me. How is this a job? Is this really a job? Penny drop, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But also my sister, I remember saying, why is it that people phone me when they're, you know, all over the place or their heads melted or whatever? And she said, well, you have this way of taking like a lot of information and processing it quickly. And then what comes out of my mouth apparently is a plan or a strategy. And I kept hearing, oh, I feel better. I feel better. So the qualification just put um, (laughs) a framework around it, you know, so that just helped me to put a framework around what I was already doing. And like a structure to it. So like a like a formula. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, And. I think I finally understood what holding space means because often when people are upset or they're crying or they're distraught, our instinct is to make it okay and to fix it and to make everything better. And so we read those signals and then we get very uncomfortable in sharing our own stories because we feel like we're putting it on people. So, you know, when I heard about holding space for people, that's really allowing people um, to feel what they're feeling. And oh, this is so important. I'm yeah. so glad that you brought this up because um, I actually only spoke about this in a, a previous podcast. Um, but it's about like, what is it that that person is looking for by talking to you about their mental health? Mm. Sometimes when we open up a conversation about mental health, we don't need you to fix us. We don't need you to tell us all the steps that we already know we need yeah. to do. Yeah. Because that just makes it feel more of a, okay, I know I should be doing this, but I don't have the emotional energy and I don't have the mental capacity be- to be doing it right now. Yes. It, sometimes we just need somebody to listen. And what I really, really like about you is, you you often just tell me back what I have told you, but in a different, slightly, like, just a different way. Maybe you use slightly different language. And then I can kind of go, okay, right. So my view of it is this, and, and like, toxic positivity view would be this, but Sharon's view is this. So what what am I learning from putting it all together? And then another thing is you're you are great at the plans. You're like, okay, right. You have a lot going on. You have a lot going on right now. But take a breath. Where's your self care? Yeah. Right. How are we gonna go? Come on. Like, yeah. So I think I think naturally you are just mm. you're a leader. I think you as are. well people want big change or they feel overwhelmed. And then they don't do anything, they procrastinate. And they think, they beat themselves up for procrastinating and they don't realise that's a stress response. That they feel so stressed that they don't know where to start. So when I work with people, I look at, well, what's the big, scary goal that you really want to put your energy into? And where are the quick wins? Where are potentially little tweaks um, that you can make in your day-to-day? changes, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, when, when... when people are overwhelmed and stressed and all over the place, myself included, I always look to, are you sleeping? Are you getting outside? <laughs> so this is your police skills. I always talk about the police skills. And are you, yeah, are you just taking care of yourself? Are you being compassionate with yourself? And are you being kind to yourself? Where were you in November? <laughs> no. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it, <clears throat> it sounds so simple. Yeah. But we're not taught this. No. We're not taught this at all. We go into school and we're taught, you know, performance and, uh, you know, exams and then always on to the next thing. 
you know, into primary school. Oh, wait until the first communion. Oh, then confirmation, then secondary school. Then what course are you going to do? We don't breathe. Yeah. We don't breathe and we don't allow ourselves space. And often when people come for coaching, the first session or the second session can be very emotional for them. And that was my experience as well, because so many of us don't have any opportunity where another person sits, holds space and actually listens to us. Yeah. And so that can be very, very powerful um, because ultimately we all want to be seen and understood. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? You know, it's not about the big things. We all want people to see us, really see us and really listen to us. And I think that's why coaching is so powerful, you know, to hold that space for somebody. And when I had that experience of somebody holding space for me, I felt really uncomfortable in the beginning, Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I'm very type A driven <laughs> got to be doing something yeah, why aren't you doing something yeah, Sharon yeah. you know I'm the exact same I don't really give myself well I'm much better now and mindfulness I notice that when I'm practicing mindfulness I can actually okay right sit down and yes this thought is telling me I need to do this this thought is telling me I need to do this let them pass right right now control the controllables this is what you can do mm. and I want to circle back to what you said about change I know, I know this was not at all what we were <laughs> planning on talking about but it's really important yeah um so like I went through massive life changes in November and I have talked about this before but like I was evicted from the home like from the house that I learned how to heal in mm. the, the house that was my my home for five six years and it was my safe place and like I was evicted from there uh, I got COVID quite badly I went through a breakup I uh, spent my be- like my birthday on my own in a room full of cardboard boxes with my whole life's possessions in there going around being like oh my God, my whole life is falling apart. I can't do this. What's the point? And and all of these negative thoughts came back and I, I did regress in my healing mm. process. But what I didn't know was the opportunities that were going to come with that change. So that pain and that suffering caused me to go, do you know what, feck it. Mm. I'm going to launch my jewelry business, which has like positive affirmations to help people. Yeah. And this the stem jewelry to to help people fidget because at that time my hands were ripped apart because I was stressed I was constantly doing this went to the hairdresser she said that my my, the the left hand side of my hair was significantly shorter than the right because I had pulled it out um and if I didn't go through through sorry all of that Mm. change and all of that scariness I wouldn't have had the courage or the confidence to go. Do you know what? Feck it. I'm going. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go for it. I've sat on these drawings. I've sat on this plan for, yeah. for two years, because I had. I'd done all the courses, and and you think they would have given me the confidence, but no. It was actually mm. the change in the trauma, that that forced me to to make the change, and then get recognised by Leo, and then go for the Leo Awards, get the business cards, go to B and I meet yeah. you. Yes. So <laughs> I wouldn't even be here if yeah. I didn't have to do that. But to be honest. I could have done with a coach. <laughs> I could have done with somebody to yeah. sit there and say, what you're going through is hard. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. I mean, now I want to be the coach that I couldn't find. Yeah. Because a lot of coaches oh, are in I HR see. or in, you know, so my unique thing is like all of my life experience, yeah. you know, I've gone overcome personal change. Um, I've raised daughters. I've worked in corporate. I've worked in recruitment. I've worked overseas. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of experience. So oftentimes when people are sharing stuff with me or I'm holding space, I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I've had that experience or I know what it's like. Um, and I think that can be different than 
you know, I often meet people and they're like, yes, I've done a coaching qualification. Yes, I've done. And a lot of people do it. And it's really, really, really good thing to do. But what I try to do is really bring my experience and the structure and your sparkle my sparkle yeah yeah and I what I love about you is you're relatable and also you're not afraid to have that little bit of like personality that little bit yeah. of crack and you sparkle. have to yeah you have to we're also serious all of the I time know. so sometimes we've got to remind ourselves that you know we're just here for a quick ride <laughs> and we got it <laughs> you know, <we> <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> that's a different episode <laughs> Oh, no. But you know, we're just here for a short time and we get bogged down. We get bogged down in, in the stress and the hurt and the upset and the trauma. And it is a lot. Don't get me lot. wrong. It is a lot. But, you know, we've got to have some fun along the way. I think, you know, when I was reflecting this morning, I was thinking about, you know, all the times in our life we're just waiting for the next thing. When this happens, oh I'll be God. better. When okay. that happens, when I leave the job, yeah. when this happens, I'll be better. And, you know, the reality is, you know, I have more confidence now. I have courage. I've always had quite a good bit of courage. But I just thought, yeah, I'm still not fixed. I don't I'm think anyone still is not. ever fixed. And I think that's, if I, want, if I was to say something to people listening, I would say, you know, nobody Nobody has it all together. Nobody, nobody just walks through life without mm -hmm. any bruises and nobody has it all figured out, no matter what we think. And I've been in rooms with therapists, with coaches, with really powerful leaders. And when you see people and they're vulnerable and they're open, everybody has their stuff. And I think there's power in saying, look, you know, I don't bounce out of bed every morning. There's days when I'm like, why is this still hard? Why is this still hard? Um, but one thing I would like to circle back on is, you know, when we're going through the challenging times, there's power in stepping back and going, why is this hard? And am I contributing to it being yeah. hard? Yeah. You know. So uh, so I, I'm resonating with something that you're saying, um, like a lot right now, because uh, there's this trend on, on Instagram that's coming up being like, oh, there's all these eight year old girls commenting on their thighs saying oh I'm I'm too big I'm too big but but I actually I, I listened to it a few times it goes on and I went into my snapchat and I went through my history and I noticed that all of these videos of me like reflecting on my body mm. um and like I can see videos of me all different shapes and sizes uh, in in about a 10k G-way category. And in every single one of them on it as a caption being like, oh, I'm nearly there. Oh, my abs are hiding. Oh, uh, my back's not quite there. Oh, and mm. what I realized was at every single weight, I wasn't happy. Mm. I, like even at my skinniest, when when I was technically athlete level, inverted commas, mm. uh, and I was like the the bodybuilding fat percentage for a woman is like mm. I was I was lower than sixteen percent. Mm. I still hated my body. I mm. still was like, oh no, I I can't do this. I don't have this. And what I realized was, so long we wait. I'm like, oh, I'll be happy when I love myself when I'll be body confident when. No. Start now. Yeah. Start to love yourself now, whether that's how you look or who you are or yeah. like I'm severely dyslexic. So much of my life I have been like, I'm stupid mm. because that's how teachers made yeah. me feel. My geography teacher used to make me stand up in front of the class and spell out the words that I got wrong. Wow. So obviously I'm going to have an issue with that going forward. Mm. But so what if I spell things wrong? Mm. Do you know what? I'm taking that back now because... 
I'm constantly trying to like meet people. I don't know why I'm going on this tangent. Sorry, I just I just go for it. <laughs> no, but I'm constantly trying to to meet people's expectations of mm. me. But what I didn't realize was they were limiting me in other areas of my life because I spend so much time rereading my Instagram posts yeah. in case I made a, a, a two two or two or there or there wrong yeah. because that doesn't come naturally to me. I could be spending that time editing podcasts or 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 helping people or or doing something that's more meaningful to me mm. um but I, I don't even know where that went but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but the perfectionist yeah, it's, it's the, the perfectionist, perfectionist. And, and then it's like it's mm. like uh, our expectations of ourselves and mm. not feeling good enough and not loving ourselves enough right here right mm. now yeah and I think it's important for people to understand the voices in our head are not ours. <laughs> they're actually not yeah, ours. they're programmed from our upbringing. They're programmed. And yeah, when I uh, was in school, I used to get in trouble for talking. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, you know, one teacher in particular, as soon as I walked in, she was like, up the front. And I was like, but, but, but. That didn't up stop the me. Front, <laughs> up the front, right under my nose. So I suppose it's like not to beat ourselves up over those things and to go, you know, now I laugh. Because I talk a lot in my job. <laughs> I mean, I have to listen a lot and I do listen a lot, but I talk a lot. Listening. I yeah. talk a lot in my job and I, and I love to share stories and I love to chat with people. Um, so I, that makes me laugh now, you know, that I'm like, yeah, so I always had that. Yeah. I was always curious about people. I always wanted to know what other people were up to. Yeah. And I always wanted to chat and understand different people. So, you know, sometimes we take things that the outside world tells us, you know, that's disruptive or you're too much or you're too loud or why can't you spell or why can't you do this? And later on in life, we look back and go, well, I'm so grateful that I couldn't and I couldn't fit in. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's something that I'm really kind of processing now, as you know, with the ADHD diagnosis. Um, It's something that I'm like looking back on periods of my life where I completely uh, just just devalued myself because I couldn't fit normal normal mm. like this social norm I was the tomboy I was the geeky kid with the braces couldn't do my hair used to wear manu baseball caps look at me now you'd never even think that because I love <laughs> I love a bit of lippy I love a bit of eyeliner like, uh, a bit of glam no problem don't look at the nails but <laughs> no but like I was constantly being like oh I'm not normal like what's wrong with me oh normal's overrated and you know what I, I still I, I'd be lying if that negative critic didn't a lot of my life but I I have the ability now to go back and go hang on a second not today like uh, yes you're being mean to yourself yeah I know you're trying to push me forward but not today how are we going to reframe that yeah and in in normal conversations I actually stop people and go you're being really mean to yourself reframe that situation Mm. and Mm. sometimes people are like oh Ooh, yeah. Oh, what? What do you mean? And yeah. I was like, no, I'm not having it. I'm not having you bash yourself because I've done that to me long enough. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did that to you the other day. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm still a work in progress, as I said. No, no, but I we used all are, to, though. That's... I used to hear a lot. Um, you know, as I was burning out, um, I used to hear, "You're very hard on yourself. You're very hard on yourself. You're very." And for somebody who is hard on themselves, just spoiler alert: when you say you're very hard on yourself, they take that as another thing they're doing wrong. Yeah, I know. And that's what I did. I was like, I can't even get this right. I'm being hard mm-hmm. on myself. But nobody could tell me, well, nobody in my circle at the time, now they can, you know, what that was and what was underneath that. Um, and people why. People pleasing. Oh, it's people pleasing. Yeah. It's conditioning. It's, you know, and also... Self-worth. Uh, mm, yes. But as women, aren't we validated for... Good girl. Aren't you great? And oh, all, yeah. being the mom who sacrifices. Oh, God. It's, that's the biggest crock. My mom for, sacrifices everything mm, for us. Like. For moms and for their children. 
I think it's you know you you're basically putting that on your children when you when you self-sacrifice and trust me I did um when you have that narrative of everybody first and then you that's actually really unfair on the people around you. It's unfair on yourself as well, though. Like. Yeah, but also, you, even if you took the narrative, I'm doing it for others, yeah. that's not even true because it's not fair on the people around you and definitely, yeah, it's not fair on you. But when you see the impact, when you change, and you know I love to talk about change from the inside out, when yeah. you change from the inside out, the people around you don't change, but they do because they do. you're not changing them. You're working on yourself and then you see the ripple effect and you're like, this is mind blowing. So when I started to try and heal myself from good girl syndrome, because because I was so emotionally, I, I wasn't going to say emotionally damaged, cause, but because I had so much emotional work to do and because Ooh. I was so mentally ill for predominantly a lot of my teenage years and my young adult years, um, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I wasn't worthy. I was broken. I had too much baggage to be loved. I was even even just being around people, I would apologize for existing. So I would constantly go above and beyond to the point where I would burn myself out mm. to try and help other people. I don't really do that as much anymore. I'm working on it. But as soon as I started putting in boundaries, mm. I noticed that the people that would constantly take advantage of the fact that I had poor boundaries were the ones that would push back of course and then all of a sudden it was like what do you mean you're not going to be here at this time when I told you to mm. what and then they would try and attack my self-worth I don't even know if they noticed that they were doing this mm. but um I think I think if if you're establishing boundaries and you struggle with people pleasing and you have like maybe a lower self-esteem, mm. I think it's about recognizing that mm. and then trying to find people that support you and that, that encourage you looking after yourself. Mm. Like that's something I think that as well, we're very, even when people don't push back a lot, we're so, when you're a people pleaser, you, we're very uncomfortable when other people are uncomfortable. Yeah. So even if I set a boundary with somebody who mightn't like kick off the fact that they're perhaps disappointed or upset That's, can still yeah. be. So you've got to learn to sit in the discomfort and go. And the unjustified guilt. Yeah, but you, 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 it's okay to go, I get that you're disappointed because I'm not going to do the thing that you want me to do because I have a boundary and that's okay. So it's allowing the other person to feel their feelings and to be upset and be disappointed and not take that on. And I think we're so used to not having a second for people to be uncomfortable or to be disappointed. That's okay. Yeah, It's okay for somebody to be disappointed. And both things can be true. Like I can say to you, Aoife, you know, for myself, I need to not do a certain thing. And you can be disappointed and it's still okay. Yeah. You know, so this um, thing of, sorry, ju uh, you know, not having any boundaries and then it's trying to put a boundary in. And then what a lot of people do is they back down because yeah, they feel so uncomfortable. Though, like, and it's worse. worse. And then you're sending yeah. confusing, conflicting messages to people. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually, I know that this is something that I ha have struggled with. And to be honest, on, upon reflection, it's something that I've worked really, really hard on. And I'm really proud of my progress. I still mm. have a long way to go. <laughs> but The Joy of Being Selfish is a book. And I hated the title at the yeah. start. Please don't come for me. But uh, <laughs> because the, uh, my biggest fear mm. was someone seeing me as being selfish. And like even downloading that book, I'm like, oh my God, people are going to think that I want to be selfish. Like what the hell? But then after listening to it, 
selfish isn't a bad thing sometimes mm. like being selfish is actually giving your space yourself space to breathe like being selfish is just choosing yourself over yeah um everybody else for just a period of time it doesn't mm. mean that you're 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 putting anybody else down it doesn't mean that you're going out of your way to be malice to somebody else it just means that you're creating space to be there with you and do things for you mm. and if somebody calls you selfish for putting your mental health or your physical well-being or just your yourself first yeah that's a depiction of them not you oh totally totally yeah. and it's again sitting in the discomfort it's but the people pleasing yeah. going you know i really need to double down on my self-care. I yeah. need a few early nights. I need to not socialize. I need whatever I need. Um, and then it's allowing the other person to feel like you're selfish, to be annoyed, to be upset, to be whatever, and being okay with that. And being okay with that. Because you decide, well, do I sacrifice myself? Like, do I just get rid of the boundary and go ahead? You know, do I disappoint? This is actually the word I was looking for. To disappoint the other person? Or do I disappoint myself? Yeah. And too often we disappoint ourselves and we think it's only a once off. And I did this a lot. And when I looked, I was like, I'm in the habit of letting myself down and not showing up for myself. This is it. It's uh, one of the quotes that I love about boundaries is every yes that you say to other people in situations where you need that is a no to yourself. Yeah. So Imagine yourself, your girl, your younger self, or your little self sitting beside you. Mm. Every yes that you say to other people when, when maybe you're burnt out or tired, you're saying no to that little child that's sitting there waiting for you to choose them. Yeah, and the like we're adults now, and the harsh reality is mm. nobody's going to come and parent that little no. version of yourself, that wounded version of yourself that's mm. sitting there begging to be healed, begging to be loved. Mm. You have to choose to do that. Nobody's going to come and magically fix it. No, but I think as well, you know, a lot of times when I'm coaching people, they don't have the language. Yeah, so people this are comes like, up a lot. You know, I want, this is what I want to say. And it can be something like asking for a pay rise mm -hmm. or asking for feedback at work, or it can be, you know, something greater. It can be in your intimate relationships or in your fam family relationships. But I think people often don't have the language because, again, we're not taught. So unless you have a parent figure or a teacher or an adult... As a child, unless you have an adult who models that for you, you don't just suddenly like grow into an adult body and yeah. go, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So then it can be hard because you don't have the language and then you try to ask for what you want or what you need and it comes from a place of anger or frustration. So it doesn't come from a place of neutrality and yeah. then the other person gets defensive. So I often have to work with people on that of how to ask for what you want I have a really useful skill to teach you. Way. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually script it. So I use a dear man skill to script out okay. what you want. So in DBT, there's like interpersonal uh, effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And uh, normally in a conversation or in, in an interaction with another person, there's three outcomes that you normally you normally have with them. Mm. So one is to protect your self-respect. Two is to respect the relationship, like mm. make sure that the relationship is protected. And three is to ask for what you need or want in a situation. And um, to protect yourself is a, an acronym called FAST. To protect the other person is GIVE. And then the acronym for asking for what you want is mm. DEAR MAN. So th this is for somebody like, like myself at the time who was emotionally drained mm. I had dissociated for months at this stage um, I, I had relied on my negative coping mechanism of self-harm I was at rock bottom 
Mm. And the thoughts of me having to ask somebody for help when I could barely get up, I couldn't really eat, I couldn't really dress myself. I was like literally rolling out of bed, going into hospital and being like, I... Uh, like I'm physically here but mm. mentally like building myself back up and I use those skills to this day to to be able to have those hard conversations mm. and I I, I I have many times gone into a conversation and been slagged mind you and mm. do you know what if they slag me that's a depiction of you because yeah believe me if I didn't go in with the script you'd regret it yes. so <laughs> Uh, for you and for my safety, <laughs> for everybody's safety, not yeah, safety, no, because I, I was know. never like like volatile yeah. or anything. But for everybody's benefit here to yeah. keep me on track, to be able to, or or even for myself, like mm. I could go into that situation, even to the doctor, mm. and telling them what's wrong with me. I would script that because I go into the doctor. Of course, like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah, you're not fine. You're in the doctors. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you that. Like I'm yeah. at this point in my life, but I'd have it scripted so they're. I would have practiced it over and over again or um, maybe even written out um, different different outcomes so that Mm. I have the mentally prepared myself and and managed that. And and another thing that I did was, um, like you said, people don't have the language. Mm. I found it really, really hard to say no to people and uh, like letting my friends down or letting my families down. So what I did was I wrote out about Mm. 10 different ways that I could politely and empathetically um, refuse going out for drinks. Well, that was one of them because I stopped drinking because my mental health was in the the trenches and alcohol just made it worse. Mm. But like, how could I reframe that? So um, offer something else so oh look actually I'm, I'm really not feeling going out drinking uh, mm. I've had a few bad nights sleep yeah. and I just don't feel well so um, would you like to go for a walk or a coffee maybe another another day or on Sunday after you've had your night out yeah yeah um or do you mind if I go out with you guys but I might go home early on the last Lewis and I, I, I'll just have like one or two drinks yeah. yeah and I'd go there and I'd have a tonic and a gin and tonic glass mm. even though I hated tonic yeah yeah, because I wanted to feel included, and I think that brings us mm. into um, the fact that like there's not really a lot of things that people can do that's outside of drink culture. But that's an episode for another day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. experience that, and and when because I did stop drinking as well when I was going through like a lot, a lot of change so for important. nearly two years because I wanted to have clarity. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to make sure I wasn't making a decision from, you know. Uh, state of intoxication or you know that low afterwards and yeah, for your mood yeah. and it, it, you need a lot of courage because people always question it's the only thing people question why aren't you drinking yes courage why aren't you drinking why aren't you drinking <laughs> yeah, I know like something's What's wrong, wrong with, you with you because you're not because you're not drinking are so you can, pregnant yes, are so you pregnant no 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 I'm definitely not <laughs> is this an episode on miracles <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Oh, I thought you, I was like, I was like, you're not wrong there. <laughs> so, luckily, that ship has sailed. I also wanted to bring up, um, I think intention is very important as well. So you're talking about conversations. It's what your intention is. Yeah. You know, is your intention to stay connected to the person and just not go drinking and to have a boundary conversation? Is your intention to be right? Never a good position to be coming from so I think for a lot of people yeah just pause and reflect and go what is my intention here and what would I like the outcome to be Mm -hmm. so to play it forward exactly and come from a place of compassion and understand that perhaps your friends might be upset with you 
And it's again being okay with that. And also you need to look at, so especially by setting boundaries, you need to look at the the friends that are there for you Mm. because the friends that get angry at you because you don't show up the way that they expect you to, Mm. are they your friends? Do they have your best intentions at at heart? And that's the harsh reality of it. Mm. Um, I actually recently did a blog post on, on, on the website on this being like, um, one of the hardest things that I had to to realize when I was started opening up about my mental health is not everybody is going to be there. Of course not. N- not everybody is actually going to want to stick around. Mm. And what it does is it shows you who the people are that you go through the stormy weather with. Mm. It's the people that are going to be there good times and bad. Mm. And although that comes with a lot of hurt when you're in it, Mm. when you come out the other side, you know that you have a really strong, like, support circle. Even if you don't feel like you have it in in the height of it, um, you come out and you're like, oh, oh, wow, these are my people. Mm. I think it's a way to filter out exactly, as you say, who will support you Mm. and and who won't. And, you know, if you're going in a different direction in your life... Mm -hmm chances are most people won't come along with you mm-hmm. because the people, you know, and I'm not saying, oh, blanket, like no, no, drop no. everybody. But, they you know, shift in position if in you're looking for something different and you want to create a different life, then the chances are you're going to attract different people mm-hmm. and chances are some people are going to fall off and that's okay. Just You're just filtering out. But, you know, you won't change your life. You won't change your results and you won't change the outcome doing what you always do and being with who you always are with. So at some stage, you've got to choose, do I want something different? Do I maybe not want to go drinking? Will I get up and go sunrise yoga on the beach? Will I try sea swimming? Will I, I need to get put myself that, yeah. out there? You know, just yeah. be a little bit uncomfortable and go, oh, I don't really want to try it, but I'll just try something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. And, and do you have any advice for people that are, are feeling like they're showing up as not an authentic version of themselves, that, that, that are like showing up as the version of themselves that they think that their friends or their family or the world needs. Because I did that for so long. I was this ditzy, bubbly, mm. happy-go-lucky person. Oh, you're so like Stacey Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I loved that because yeah. that was the side of me that I, I felt comfortable in showing to the world. Mm. But I wasn't always that person. I wasn't, and it was easier pretend, to pretend to be this ditzy person so that people didn't didn't expect me to be intelligent. So when they found out I was dyslexic, yeah, always it, it was already expected. But it, but if I came out with something intelligent, they, they'd be like, "Hang on a second, wait, aren't you the, aren't you the ditzy one yeah. that has nothing?" Like so, I was setting the bar low. Yes, already yeah. because I couldn't deal with people putting me down. So yeah, it's it's definitely a journey being being comfortable in your own skin. Mm. So I'm I'd, still learning. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, same, same. Like you don't get there overnight. Yeah. Um, honestly, depending on if you have a good friend or good friends, I would say the quickest route is to be open, honest, and vulnerable, but with somebody you trust. Be yeah. careful. Be uh-huh. careful. And if you feel that you don't have somebody in your circle you can trust get professional help. Yeah. Go I think get professional help anyway. Go to a therapist. Yeah. Talk it all out. Yeah. Hear what it sounds like coming out of your mouth in a safe non-judgmental space. Mm-hmm. And then you will gather people around you um mm-hmm. who you can trust and you can be vulnerable. But I would say be careful 
be careful in the beginning who you share your your stuff with because powerful yeah not everybody is going to be open and sometimes it's not about the other person maybe they don't have the capacity to really support you so one thing I didn't know how to do when I went into leadership um, training as a student and they were like how can we support you and I was like what does that mean I don't know. I don't know how you can support me. <laughs> Imagine. Like you guys and be annoyed. Like, they're like, so, so, so we went to like refer you and then I all you're sending people to me and yeah. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. what? People want to know me? Like, yeah. <laughs> How can we support yeah. you? And I thought, that's a bit sad and a bit rubbish that you get to a certain stage in your life and you're like, I don't know what, I do now know what yeah, good yeah. support looks like. But um, at the time I was like, I don't, I don't really know because I, I wasn't in the habit of asking for support. Yeah. I wasn't in the habit of You're asking the helper, for... Not the I helped. was the helper. Yeah, yeah. it resonates with So me. I think um, that was my default that mm. I was always, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't have known. And the reason I'm saying be careful who you share with is because when you're used to showing up in the world as the strong person... Um, it's hard for people to to get used to a different you. Oh, so yeah. I found that because I'd gone through my life as always being the strong one, mm-hmm. the organiser, the go-to person, that for a lot of people, they they really didn't know how to handle it. They mm-hmm. were like, I, I don't know who this version is and I'm not quite sure what to say and they're afraid to say the wrong thing or do the wrong yeah. thing. So I think you really need to go inside yourself a little bit first, yeah. um, get professional help, personal development. You know, I mean, it, it's very powerful, but I think speaking to somebody is, is the most important, important thing. And it doesn't have to be forever. And, no. and also it doesn't have to be massively expensive. There's so many different resources out there yeah. that people can, can link in with. Even like there's, on the HSE website there's like a, a couple of weeks or you can even go and, and speak to people on the phone on the helplines if you're ever in a crisis like do reach out and get help but what you're talking about is I mm. was the type of person that like I go into a room make loads and loads of friends and think oh I'm a dial- I'm in a grape and I wouldn't talk to anybody yeah and then over the last few years um after like a few really really traumatic events to be mm. honest that um I haven't all I haven't fully processed some of them mm. but one of my friends, actually three of my friends, three of my friends really stepped up to the to the plate, and like I don't even know if that's the right thing. Yeah, saying. yeah. But like, uh, like, and I like one of them. I don't really talk to very often. I just yeah. every so often it's like, hey, how are you? You're yeah. still alive? Like, what's going on? And yeah. then um, the other two, like, I genuinely would be lost without them. Like, and and they're the type of people that I learned how to kind of take off the mask with. Mm. And then when I actually I like mainly like one person I, I really talked about the lows like mm. couldn't really talk about self-harm because it is a touchy subject um and people don't understand it and yeah. they have preconceived conceptions on it of it mm. um but like I went the whole way through college and I was missing two days a week uh for for most of second and third year and they I told them I had problems with my stomach of course no one in my college course knew that yeah. I was actually spending two full days in a hospital mm. learning how to survive no learning how to thrive not survive yeah so I did DBT I did mindfulness-based stress reduction mindfulness-based cognitive therapy while in full-time education mm. and having two part-time jobs because mm. I couldn't let anyone know that I was struggling because that made me weak in my perception now looking back on it I wish I had the self-compassion and just the love for myself mm. to allow myself to heal in a way 
that gave myself more time to actually process it because it's only over COVID when I started mm. going back through the folders and folders and folders. I have probably about six full huge ring binders of mm. skills in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, and it's only when I, I was like, oh no, I'm not doing okay. And I went back and I reviewed it. I was like, actually, do you know what? These skills are are, are incredible. And I started talking about it on a podcast and so many people were like, hang on, you struggled with your yeah. mental health? Yeah. You? Like, you're the happy-go-lucky, bubbly person. Like, nah. And I'm like, well, yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I think it comes down to um, the question, if you really knew me, you would know that I... And people often ask that question in therapy or, or in coaching circles, and it's to allow people the space to go, if you really knew me, you would know that I'm anxious. If you really knew me, you would know that I'm scared. If you really knew me, you wouldn't know. And the end of that sentence is, and if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. You would reject me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that's so powerful for people. And as I have shared parts of my story or being more open and being more comfortable about what to share and when, you know, more often than not, I mean, more often than not, it's met with compassion. And I would say I've never met a person who when they, that I liked them initially and then they shared something about them that I didn't like them more. Because I think that really opens actual connection because the rest as you say is just a mask it's just pretending everybody pretending that we're all okay and then going home and suffering in silence yeah so when the curtains closed that was the big thing for me so like I I put on the princess costume in Hamleys or the elf (laughs) costume and I'd bounce around the store being the loudest person there when I was on safari the whole shop knew I was on safari because all the kids and myself were screaming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think Hamleys mm. kept me kept me going. Wow. Honestly, um, I was just such a shame that it's gone now. But then when I went home and mm. the costume was off and the mask was off and my bedroom door was closed, mm. I had no emotional energy. I would sit there and stare at the walls. Mm. Like I wouldn't even do anything. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I w- like I, I hate the idea that anybody else has to go through that Mm. because I didn't think I was going to make it out. I genuinely didn't think I was going to get out of it. Yeah. But I'm proof that you can. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I still get moments of that Mm. heavy, dark, just horrible feeling of depression. Mm. It doesn't leave. But one, you know how you know what it's like. Yeah. It's like an old friend. It comes to meet you and you go, oh, you're here again. Yeah. You stay in for long. Yeah. Right? Because I'm on my way out and I really can't have you for too long. You so. can get the boat. Yeah. So so we're going to feel you right now. We're going to make you feel welcome here. Right? We're going to yeah. get the hot water bottle, the yeah. three with blankets, the weighted blanket. Yeah. And we're going to sit here. Mm. going to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And then I'm sorry, I need you to leave because I need to go do something. Yeah. Um, but but I think it's important to normalize to that as well, Aoife. Yeah. Not, you know, not to the extent I get what you're sharing. But, but you he, know. he doesn't stay mm. and he doesn't rule the house anymore. Yeah. Or she. Sorry, I'm not yeah. saying that to Well, just having a bit of a moment. Like, no, but no, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't control my life anymore. Mm. Like, yes, it still comes up and yes, I still have to deal with it. And yes, I still have to live my life through my skills, mm. my therapy skills. Mm. But I would have never in a million years at 17, 18, 19, 23, like mm. I never in a million years would think that I'd be able to handle it like I'm handling it now. And I still have a long way to go, don't get me wrong. Mm. But meeting amazing people like yourself and <laughs> gathering stories and mm. gathering skills and gathering personal experiences is, is incredible. Yeah. So on that note, because we're coming up to time, uh, is there something that 
really like that you overcame that was a real struggle for you you overcame that you didn't think that you might you might not think that you could have mm. but you did you showed yourself how strong you were yeah and how did you overcome it like what did you do this is interesting because I was trying to think of just one thing yeah. <laughs> I think it, it's not an event because there were there were events that triggered it but I think the biggest thing I've had to overcome is what we're talking about being myself Accepting myself, loving myself, being compassionate with myself has been the biggest thing and creating huge change. So I basically have dismantled my life since 2018. Um, Me too. Yeah, (laughs) like burnt out of my job, retrained, separated from my husband. I think that was, you know, if you had to talk about an event, that was what brought me to my knees. That's what really, really brought me to my knees. And that's what numerous times has brought me to my knees and there are a couple of times in particular where I was in that space where I thought I'm not going to make this Mm -hmm. I'm really not going to make it through and I just want to share as well I mean sometimes you can make a decision and know that it's the right decision which I did and it's still really hard yeah and it's still it's the right decision but it's not the decision you want to make yeah and I didn't understand that you've got to grieve you know, and let go of what you thought your life would look like. So you can make a decision yeah. and in your mind go, I know that was right. You know, you can get involved in the mechanics of sorting through that. But you've also got to grieve. Yeah. You know, because I thought I was building for a future and it felt as if it imploded. And I had a lot of judgment um, but I didn't hold space for the grief. And I really, really judged myself. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I okay? If this is my choice, my decision. It's unjustified guilt. And, mm. and this is something that comes up a lot. Yeah. And it's something that I actually had to spend a lot of time dealing mm. with, especially if you have that people pleasing and that good girl. And I should be. It's the irony mm. of the shoulds and woulds. But mm. like, I'm and so glad that you did make it out of it. Sharon. Yes, and I'm glad. And I, and I also want to share like, not every day. I'm not okay every day. But you know that's healing. That exactly that's authentic. But healing. I think it's important for people to know. Like I am in a really good space. Don't get me wrong. I'm in a really good You're space. I've done a lot of work. A lot of work. It. But I was also that A type, that driven, hold everything together. So a lot of people were shocked. And it was, I suppose, the biggest thing I had to overcome was asking for help, help yeah. and receiving help. So asking for it is one thing, then allowing yourself to receive it is massive because when you're conditioned and it's in your conditioning to be the helper, to be the doer, to be the organizer. And as a mom, you know, you're always like, mom, what do you think? And mom, what do you, and mom, can you help? And you're like, I'm like, yes, I can. Look at me. I'm great. I can actually help. So. But you're attaching yourself worth to what you can do for other people. That's it. That's it. Yeah. so. So I think that was, that was huge. That was the thing that I thought would finish me. Um, and there were moments where I, f- I also felt like I just can't. I just can't. But what I will share is that in those moments, what I've learned is to just let it be. Feel the feels. Just let it be and let not judge be. yourself. <laughs> going to go into karaoke. Any, sorry, no, no, no. I didn't mean to make light of what you're no, talking you're about. No, you're not. Because it is. No, 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 you're not. Very, and the reason I'm sharing so authentically is because when you see me important. out and about in the world, and I love the life that I've created, and I love where I'm at now. Beautiful energy. You know, I really, really love it. But I think it's important to also put your hand up and say, not every day is easy. And some days I have to 
encourage myself out the door or force myself out the door or lean into my support network. And it's not to say I don't have a great life because I do um, and I have an awesome network, but it's also, also to acknowledge that life keeps lifing. Yeah, I think I think that's a really really important thing, and and this is something that like I've recently recorded a TikTok on being like basically like you have to choose to heal as much as you wish. Like if you go to therapy, and and this is something that I struggled with as well. I was like, but I've done DVT. Like yeah. at the start, at the start, I was like, I've done this and this and this and this, and I'm not fixed. Mm. First off, what's fixed? Yeah. Nobody's fixed. Yeah. Cuz you're not broken. No nobody. Yeah, exactly. Cuz you're not broken. There, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um but first off, like you have to choose to want a better life. You have to choose to want to feel better. For me, um when I got rid of my my coping mechanisms of self-harm and I got rid of the restrictive eating and then, then the binge eating, mm. when I got rid of those negative coping mechanisms, my coping mechanism was to withdraw away from everything. Mm. And I think that was caused by COVID mm. because uh, I went from being petrified to spend any time by myself to realizing that the peace that being alone was, like no external factors could disrupt my energy so yes if I was low I could stay low but I knew what that was like so suffering was comfortable yeah suffering was familiar familiar Mm. yeah um and then anytime something good was happening I was like (gasps) like what like I don't know what this feels like yeah like I'm 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 not used to this like Mm. oh what if it goes wrong what what if what if by going up and up and up and up I I end up going down again yeah so it was almost like anytime anything good happened I was expecting then the the boomerang of that Mm. like not the boomerang but the fallback of that so it was like oh do you know what I'm gonna do I'm just gonna take myself away from everything lock myself in my bedroom and hide away from the world because that's safe and that's he like that that's me healed that's me healing I can I can just go along Mm. in this like baseline but I'm not going to experience any good no and as my nanny says you're not going to meet a husband in your bedroom (laughs) you're not wrong nana (laughs) definitely not wrong (laughs) I'm in the gym all the time I don't don't even meet him there either (laughs) no 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 no. but no but to take that back like yeah um if you've been struggling for a long time it's normal mm. to kind of pull yourself away from everything, but like you're not creating space for good. And although you might not be feeling joy right now and you might not feel like you can get joy from every mm. anything and you feel like, oh, what's the point in trying? I, I, I'm depressed. I, I, I'm anxious. Yeah. I can't do it. But by putting yourself in the position to potentially feel like you're getting joy or potentially Mm. getting some good energy or making connections or doing things that you used to get joy from, you're 10 times or 100 times more likely to actually feel better by doing them than staying in bed all day. Absolutely. And do you know what? If you told me this when I was staying in bed all day, I would have told you to feck off. (laughs) I would have told you to feck off. I was like, I don't have the emotion and energy to deal with this. This is what I want to do today. Leave me alone. But it's right. Yes. And you know it's right, but yeah. like it's just you have to be at the place to want to feel better. And we all say, oh, yeah, I feel depressed. I want to feel better. Mm. What are you doing about it? Mm. And like, I know that sounds harsh and that sounds No, direct. it isn't. But I think it's just take the first step. Yeah. It's it doesn't not need about to be a huge, big yeah. slog of it. Like. Yeah. I had that moment when I was lying in bed the end of last year and I was like, why is everything crashing down again? And I was lying in yeah, bed yeah. going, I just can't. 
I just can't. And I had, I went to a space where I've uh, like, I, I could feel something shift, which frightened me. And I remember that moment. I just went, Mm-mm, no, you don't up mm-hmm. you get. And I just propelled myself out of the bed. Like I didn't go, oh, I'm going to go and have a swim and have a walk and yeah. eat a vegan meal and have a shake. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you better get up. Oh, you had better get up right now. Well, and so I just propelled myself out of the bed. So sometimes it's just that one step. It's just picking up the phone, opening the curtains, picking yeah. up the phone, saying to somebody, oh, I'm having a moment. Watching I'm having a moment. Road, yeah. Can we have a coffee? Can we do, you know, it can just be that little, little step. And that's what I would say to people. It's very overwhelming to think, you know, I've got to heal myself. Yeah. I've got to be better or get better. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that little step. And for me, it was that. I was like, up you get, up you get. For me, when I look back, it's actually just lots of little steps that got me forward. Uh, one thing that I have written on my whiteboard um, in my room is 1% better. Just mm. aim for the 1% better every day. And my old uh, jiu-jitsu coach, well, mm. MMA coach, uh, Paddy, uh, Paddy uh, he, he, he used to always say to me just show up just show up yeah you might not feel like you're making that progress but you're making 100% more progress than you would have if you didn't show up so just keep showing up Aoife 100 times a month I do things that I'm like (laughs) why did I agree to this and I always have a moment where I'm like I don't want to I don't want to and I always feel better afterwards you know so there's no secret it's courage it's courage it's courage. So those of you who can see us, yeah. I, I ha- since November, since I launched my little jewelry business to open up conversations about mental health, I've been wearing courage on my neck. Mm. And any time that I feel like I need courage, I'll hold on to it. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was doing that until somebody who, who bought a necklace from me told me that they noticed their granddaughter was doing it. Any time yeah. they felt like they needed strength, they'd hold on to it. And I was like, oh my God, I do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but so I would like to ask you yes Aoife three things you are grateful for Ooh. putting you on the spot here yeah I have been thinking of this okay so the first thing that I am so grateful for are my three beautiful daughters because they are they are really a mirror and they are really a reason to show up strong and with courage and they are my biggest cheerleaders and the biggest truth tellers, (laughs) which we all need. Yeah. You know, so definitely, if I was never to do anything else in this life, to have those three amazing daughters is everything, is really everything, and to have a relationship with them. The next thing I would say are the people around me. Really, the people around me. I have the most incredible different network like young old people in the healing space people not in the healing space I have particularly in the past year like met the most amazing people I'd second that yeah and I just think that's when I look around me and when I'm having a moment I'm like wow you have really 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 good people in your life you've created that space though by having these conversations and by opening yourself up to people yeah um and leaning into that, not being afraid, like yeah. leaning into that. And um, and this is not a coincidence. The last thing I'm grateful for is my courage. Because when I look back at my life, even when I've been really scared um, and doubted that I would make it out, I've always somehow found the courage to do what I believe is the right thing. And so my intention is always, you know, show up courageously and 
be myself as much as I can. And that does take courage for all of us. It does, and yeah. it's a journey. But I think, yeah, when I look back, I've always had courage. And I think that's what's kept me going. Um, having the courage to do the things I don't want to, to mm-hmm. stretch myself a little bit, to ask for help um, and to be in the room. So, yeah, they, that that's my three things. Three presents. Amazing. Oh, like, I think they're absolutely lovely things to to be grateful for. Um, if I was to say what I was grateful for, because I, I sometimes forget to do this, mm. is I am grateful for my resilience. Mm. I'm grateful that I never gave up and that I constantly sought help. Um, I remember, I think it was at 17, I sat down with myself and I was like, I have two choices here. I can give up or I can do everything in my mm. power to to try and change. Because mm. um, I, I had lost a few people in my life to suicide and I'd seen the ripple effect that that had on everybody else. And yeah. I was like, I know what that pain feels like because I don't want to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I really don't, but... I have to, I have to do this. And I set my life worth living goals. I set my short-term, long-term goals. I made a plan. I went to therapies, Mm. did everything. Um, And I'm grateful that this podcast and these conversations are having a positive impact on people's lives. And the, 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 just the messages, Mm. the messages I get from people to say that, that, that they've found something that resonates with them and that they found it helpful. Like that, that gives the pain purpose. That has, uh, like that gives Mm. the wounds like worth, like, and wisdom. Hmm. Um, well, you know, I shared with you that I did share this podcast with my daughter, Louise, who's 21, yeah. who's currently were, living in Germany. When you were talking about your, do- your daughters, I was like, yeah. shout out, hey! Shout out, Janine, <laughs> Louise and Kelly. Hey, yeah. But Louise in particular, I encouraged her because she was struggling and she was overwhelmed. And, yeah. you know, I was like, Louise, please listen, please listen. And uh, when she did listen, she was like, and then I told her I was coming on the podcast. She was like, oh, my goodness, say hi. And tell her I think she's amazing. Thanks. And I will say that, Aoife, that, you know, it's a important the conversations that are important but I think it's so important that young people have these conversations and that young people are showing up in the world like you giving hope to people coming up behind you to know listen you know it it is can be rough and life keeps lifing but it is possible because I've had lots of conversations with my daughters and I love sharing my knowledge Aoife but Mm -hmm. um, I know that it lands better it lands in a different way when a young person says, look, this is the challenge. So I really, really appreciate you Thanks. and I appreciate this Not work that you're doing. Not the thing to be doing and no. especially going through another Worth eviction. It. And like, I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? But at the same time, I'm being real. Like mm. we, we compare ourselves to these altered versions of of reality and don't get me wrong like I I, I am guilty of that like, yeah. I go on every time I look at my Instagram feed I have to be careful not to get upset with this every time I look at my Instagram feed somebody else is getting engaged or they're buying a house or they're moving to a different country living mm. their best life and I'm sitting at home being like what did I do wrong hmm. and did nothing wrong no. hang on you did nothing wrong it's just not your wins right now your yeah. wins are you're making a difference you're setting a ripple and then also I appreciate what you said there and one of the most impactful things that have happened to me since I started opening up about my mental health and started this journey of like trying to help people with their mental health was at a Christmas fair so I had just Mm. launched the just just actually bought a load of pieces of jewelry didn't know what I was going to be selling didn't know what I engraved them with positive messages all different ones 
when I was at a Christmas fair, I had I'd taken my curtains down because I was so mm. broke, right? <laughs> I, I took my curtains off the wall, yeah. use them as a tablecloth, right? Because they're lilac, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Lavender, yeah. And um, I had set them up and, and this mom came around and she was like, oh my God. Oh, this is amazing like what you're doing I think I need to get one for my daughter she's mm. here she's struggling like she's going through a hard time recently we've just got help for her yeah and her daughter came over to me and she was like oh yeah like I I, I like to practice affirmations my mom puts them on the fridge and mm. I was like oh okay well, like why and she goes well I struggle with this and I was like oh me too and she goes what yeah and I was you? like I was like, yeah, yeah, I have rejection sensitivity mm. disorder. I have, like, just been diagnosed with ADHD. At that time, I literally was probably about two weeks diagnosed yeah, with ADHD. Yeah. Um, but I had done the self-discovery process. Mm. I'd been like, hey, I think I, I have ADHD. Hey, can you test me? And they were like, nah, you don't. And then it was like, oh, God, you really do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, when, when I had that conversation, she was like, oh, yeah, but it affects me like this. And then I was like, oh, so when you feel like this, like when you feel down and you feel like people are, are are not loving you, do you feel like you're not worth any space in the world? Mm. Do you feel like you do you feel like your world is crumbled and that you can't cope? And she's like, Yeah. And I was like, Well, what do you do? And she goes, I, I don't know. And I was like, Well, I do this mm. and I do this. And I was like, It's not easy. What you're going through is not easy. And then she goes, Oh, but do you have this? Do you have like your body just shuts down? And yeah. I was like, Yeah. And then she goes, do you do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do this. And I gave, I, we had a conversation. It was just a normal conversation. And out of nowhere, she, by the way, she was 14. Mm. Out of nowhere, she erupted crying. And I was sitting there, I was standing there going, oh my God. And I was like, can I hug you? Like, yeah. and I gave her a hug and I was like, what, like, what's wrong? And she goes, I've never met a person in real life that has has struggled like this. Yeah. I was like, I feel like everybody else doesn't understand. Mm. Although they're there and although her mom is incredible. Of course. Like her mom was such yeah. an amazing person and it gave me hope that there is people out there that support people like this. Yes. Um, and I'm still in contact with them. Yeah. But, but like that, when she recognized it and she said, I've never met somebody like me. I've mm. never met somebody who knows what they are, this feels yeah. like. Yes, she's dealt with psychologists. Yes, she's dealt with counsellors. Yes, that tell her these are the things that she needs to do. Mm. But it's not the no, same. Nobody's talking about it from her point of view. Nobody's talking about it coming through the other side. Mm. She's 14. That's yeah. when I started self-harm. That's yeah. when I started not being able to cope and started all my maladaptive and negative coping yeah. mechanisms. So if there was somebody out there talking about it mm. and talking about ways that I could cope, Maybe I wouldn't have gotten to the stage where I got to. Mm. And and do you know what? I want to be that change. They say that if you want to see change in the world, be it. Be it. Yeah. So that's where I am. That's where you are. Yes. I'm that is where you are. Owning it. Vulnerable. And yes, yeah. I am. It's scary being open about these mm. things because I'm putting myself in vulnerable situations. But you know what? Mm. As Mel Robinson talks about a lot, you can't have courage without vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. They come hand in hand. You have to be. There's no act of courage that didn't come from being vulnerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to Mel Robbins. Yo, yo. Shout out to Brene Brown. On? Mel, come on oh, over. Was it? Oh, yeah, no, maybe it was Brene. It's Brene, it was, I damn think. Damn it. But Mel, we I'm love Mel. I'm obsessed with the two of them. Yes, same. Like, literally watching them all. So if you want to come on the podcast, yes. uh, it's Enlightened by Eva. I would yes. love to have you. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, like, sorry, yeah. I digress. But comparison but. is the thief of joy. So no more comparing. Yeah, sorry. Comparison. Is the thief of joy. Yeah, yeah, it's the thief of joy. So look, we can all compare ourselves, um, you know. Don't bother looking at what other people have. Just go, am I doing a good job? Am I showing up? Am I feeling good? 
Am I creating change in the world? And yes, you are. Yes, you are, Aoife. To all those. And also comparing ourselves to ourse- like ourselves. Mm. So like mm. I noticed that last night. I shouldn't have gone through all the body videos. But yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. And and I I genuinely had a little cry. Mm. Because I was looking back at my my unhealthy body. Yeah. Um, a fitness industry. Like, oh, yeah. not allowed carbs. You have to do this. Yeah. Exercise for six hours a day. Like, I'm not even joking. I was mm. obsessed. Mm. And I I was grieving because I, I hated how I looked right now. Mm. Uh, I, and then I realized that I hated how I looked back then as well. Absolutely. So it's the it's same. Not, like, it's the head. I'm healthy now. Yeah. Like, this is, this is what a woman's body should look like. Mm. You shouldn't have a six pack. Well, not mm. that you shouldn't, but I was unhealthy at that. Yeah, yeah. I was very unhealthy. So about going, actually, okay, right, I feel you, I hear mm. you, but bring yourself back. Yeah. Um, so get off social media, get off social media. If you're having uh, a moment, you know, if you're having a moment, yeah. get off social media and get outside, honestly. But, but often we think the, the thief of the joy is comparing ourselves to other people, which a lot of the time it is. Mm. But sometimes it can be comparing ourselves to ourselves. Mm. Um, and just like, like often when we're processing trauma and when we're healing, the reason that we're kind of not healing is because we're trying to go back to who we were before we experienced the trauma. Well, realistically, we mm. can't always go back to that person. No. But you can create a new person. You can create a new version of yourself that you're proud of and that mm. you're showing up as like an evolved version of that person. Like, mm. And that's powerful. Like, Absolutely. It doesn't feel like it all the time, but... No, most times it doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, so I regress. We I could sh- do a whole other oh, yeah. uh, podcast on grief and trauma, you know. <laughs> That's what, I, I record one with Nadia on grief oh, yeah. and trauma. So, but, yes. that's a, but we're like uh, confidence, people pleasing, boundaries, yeah. self-worth. Yes. Yeah, leadership. Compassion, compassion, leadership, leadership. Some that's powerful, love, powerful things. So I love talking about leadership and, and sometimes people look at me funny when I go leadership from the inside out because that's literally how I changed my life by going how am I showing up what's my part what's my responsibility what's my accountability and as you say showing up in good energy yeah, and showing up what strengths. are you bringing into the yeah. room recognizing your strengths and go yeah I'm not perfect but is my intention what is my intention is my intention to go, do good to be kind to be compassionate as long as then my I'm intentions okay. are good kind and pure I am more than enough that's you the see? affirmation I practice every single see? day yeah. full circle there you go yeah. it's not saying that you're better than anybody else but it's also saying you're not worse than anybody else and it, do you know what allowing yourself to believe that mm. is powerful mm. and, and it's, it's not about anybody else no. it's not about anybody else it's about if you don't have the results that you want what are you doing like What's your part in it? Yeah. You know, so it's easy to blame other people. I could blame everybody for all the things that I've gone through in my life. But when I, you know, everybody has their part and I have mine. Mm -hmm. So what am I doing? How am I showing up? And that comes back to the self-care. That comes back to if I'm not okay, if I'm a bit wobbly. Hmm. Have I been sleeping? Have I been taking care of myself? The little, little things, you know? It's like that Instagram reel I just shared of Mm. like my big stack, a whole basin full of dishes that I cleaned from my bedroom. (laughs) Three washes like that I needed to do. I was just, I was in the height of a depressive episode. Mm. Found out I was being evicted again after being evicted in November. Um, Just my health wasn't great. I'm in a, in a, in a boot. I can't walk properly. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was just a lot. Like, mm. um, but 
I did my dishes, I washed my clothes, I changed my bed sheets, and you know what? I'm a new woman now. <laughs> I had a shower, yeah. did my hair. And if you look at the 1%, I remember, you know, in leadership training, they talk about 100% is possible 100% of the time. And sometimes 100% is just getting up and taking a shower. The small wins. Sometimes 100% is cleaning your gratitude. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to leave that with people. Um, how can you believe in yourself? What do you do good? Anything you want to get? Oh, Aoife. Believe people? Curveball, curveball. How can you believe in yourself? Oh, no, like, like ask like people to, like, questions for people to ask themselves. What is my one. intention? What is my intention? What is my intention? Uh, am I, do, do I want to be right? So if you're in an interaction with somebody and you're being a bit not kind, what's my intention? I, do I just want to be right here? Or is my intention something else? I think everything comes back to intention, you know. And also, I, I do think that sometimes we don't actually intend to do these. It's a trauma response. Yeah. So to take a step back. Yeah. So it's not about judgment. It's not about, yeah. my, you know, you set out. It's just to go, ooh, ooh, did I really exacerbate the situation there? Or, you know, was I, I've had that experience where I overreact to something. And oftentimes it's my youngest daughter who, who, who lives with me and I'm like, hmm, uh, what was my intention there? It was to take all my rage and, and, you know, frustration out and somebody maybe gets it. So it's to go with, was that necessary? Was that kind? Was it compassionate? What was your intention there? And then to take a step back. It's not about judging yourself. It's not about beating yourself up, but it's no, about no, going, no, no, not at all. hmm, okay, yeah. And often Could've when we better. overreact, it's not actually that our emotions fit the facts of the situation. It's just highlighting trauma that we haven't healed oh. from. It's like our old triggers. So often when we explode it could be for two reasons we could have been bottling a load of little things totally. up throughout the day and we didn't realize and our central nervous system is overwhelmed and we let it all out mm. or they could be doing something mm. that's pressing on a trigger for example if somebody cancels plans last minute with me mm. I feel like I've been abandoned oh, and wow. I know yeah. that I have an abandonment yeah. like issue so like uh, not, not an issue but I just have a schema uh, like an abandonment wound um, just from, from things that have happened mm. um, um, and my reaction, sorry, my physical reaction. So like what I feel in my body, the mm. pain that I feel doesn't fit the facts of the situation. And I have to really catch myself and go, mm. how would I like to respond to this? Because I know how I want to respond. I want to tell you to f yeah. go, go, go get yeah. the bow and then yeah, and, exactly. and, 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 and like cry and, and, and make an absolute show of myself. But I want to protect myself mm. and I'm going to sit with that sit with that younger version of of mm. myself that that is hurting and go it's okay I have you mm. we're in this together mm. like I know this hurts but we're going to do something for us now yeah and I actually take the time to do something that I know I'm going to enjoy mm. or that I know is going to make me feel better even though if someone cancels plans with me last minute, I want to get into the bed and I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want the curtains closed, the blankies over me. Yeah. But that's not going to make me feel better. So I think um, what is really powerful here, and I share this with clients, is Brene Brown's A Call to Courage, mm -hmm. which is what um, she speaks about. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, the stories we're telling ourselves. And mm -hmm. I think that can be very powerful. So what is the story I'm telling myself? 
Am I telling myself the story that that other person doesn't care? Am I telling myself the story that they're abandoning me? So, um, and she explains it beautifully. So I encourage everybody to watch that because um, she studies shame and she does the science bit and she's very relatable. But I talk about that a lot with clients. What is the story I'm telling myself? So if somebody cancels plans, what is the story I'm telling myself? Am I telling myself that they don't care about me? And if I reframe that, could it be that person needs to self-care so they get to cancel their plans, they get to choose themselves. And when I really understand that it's not about me and it's not about the story I'm telling myself Mm. about abandonment or rejection or hurt or them not caring about me, that can be very powerful in, in going, okay, and then to go to choice. So what do I choose to do mm. with this feeling? Mm. So to respond as opposed to react. So go, hmm, what's the story I'm telling myself here? Oh, they don't care, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to get into the bed. If that's what you need to do, you do that. But it's also to take a step back and go, hmm, what choice do I have here? So I have a choice to go down the rabbit hole and be angry and, you know, or have a choice to go, well, look at here, I've got some free time to myself, so I can go for a walk or I can Netflix, I can, you know, do whatever. Yeah. So I think that's very powerful for people rather than reacting to everything in our environment and going, mm. as you spoke about choice earlier. Be proactive rather than react. What am yeah. I choosing in this moment? What's yeah. the story I'm telling myself and what am I choosing in this moment? I think that can be really, really powerful. And pause. You know, it's great to have the awareness, but you got to do something with it as well. So mm-hmm. pause and take a step back it's and the go. First step, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and protecting yourself. Like if 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 you notice that somebody is triggering the the scheme is over and over again after you trying to communicate your boundaries and your needs mm. and 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 your feelings with them, you need to kind of go. Actually, my self worth here. Mm. Actually, I'm going to remove myself from this situation because. I have noticed that multiple times, like it's an accident. If it's an accident, that's normal. Mm. If if it's a circumstance that that's valid, that's normal. But if you notice that it's happening a few times, mm. that's your self-respect. Oh yeah. And and you need to stand beside that little girl or that little boy and go, actually, mm. nah, 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 nah. I, I'm choosing to protect her. Like if yeah. it was your little sister or if it was your child, would you let somebody else treat them like that? Yeah. Yeah, it comes back to boundaries. It does, yeah. We we, we teach people how to treat us. Exactly. Fact, yeah. Know? Well, I'm I'm learning that now, yeah. and I have kept you way over your time. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much. You've been incredible. It has been my pleasure. This it's has been, been so much wonderful. fun. And thank you so for meditating with me earlier. Yes. She meditated with me. A little me. bit of grounding before yeah, we started. We did. Yes, yes, a little bit Focusing of grounding. Focusing our energy. Yeah. Anyway. Absolute pleasure. Oh, and where can people find you? Oh, so you can find me on Instagram at iCoachOfficial and on LinkedIn at Sharon Redmond. My yes. business is iCoach. Yeah, and do give the Enlightened by Aoife and the Enlightened by Aoife a TikTok a follow and it's Aoife McGrath on LinkedIn. I don't really use it, but give it a go. <laughs> and rate, like and share this podcast. Oh, please do. Yes, yes, yes. The more people that we can we can get in front of, the more people that we can touch. Um, even just send it to somebody that you love to be like, yeah. look, if you ever need it, it's here. Um, I would be eternally grateful. <laughs> so um, thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you again. Wishing you hope and healing from myself and Sharon here. Thank you, Aoife. Bye.